Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The internet is a fantastic place to find debates. Many are, of course, not necessarily worth the time. But occasionally, you find two sides of a story that just draw you in. The story of John Lang is one of them. John was a man who found himself uncovering the truth of corruption in his city. Some say he was just paranoid and they didn't really believe him. But when he seemingly predicted his own death, it became almost impossible to deny that he may have been onto something. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. I didn't get that memo. What memo? That memo. Okay. Well, job opening that one. Thanks. That sounded good. Yeah, that was probably my best one yet. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so we're chilling down in Victoria. This episode's a little bit late because we did all the research, everything while on vacation. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool is we're staying in an Airbnb right now. And uh, do you want to tell them? No. You're on a roll. Keep I'm, going. We just started. How am I on a roll? I don't know. You sound good. Okay. Well, this uh, Airbnb we're, li- we're living in for the next few days here was built in 1912 and is chilling on some farm property. This is an old farmhouse. Yeah. That's kind of been, they've redone it. They have. It's quite lovely. But uh, there is a very mysterious and odd looking basement door to like the underneath area. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's at least four or five bodies buried in the walls of this home. Potentially. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the lizards. Oh, there's lizards fucking everywhere here. Mm-hmm. Anyone from Victoria? Since when have you had fucking lizards here? Yeah, That's they're everywhere. I didn't know that. I didn't Even realize. apparently downtown. Yeah, apparently. I didn't realize that anywhere in Canada had legit like lizards. Sure, salamanders and like amphibians and shit and snakes, but lizards? And they've invaded. They're, they're all yeah, over the they're place. They're an invasive species, so it's it's interesting. But Ben's in like lizard heaven. I fucking love <laughs> lizards. Cool. And I'm just like, please don't touch me. <laughs> but they're too fast. You wouldn't you can't even get to them really. Oh, they're so quick. Yeah. So quick. You I think like if you're gonna actually like try and catch one of these lizards, you need like a butterfly net or something. Something. Good. Yeah. But we've actually really I was just gonna say really lucked out on all of our our um Airbnbs, hotels this trip. Like we have. We've done good. We stared stayed in like a heritage place in Vancouver. That, again, is probably like early 1900s yeah. at least. And they were just so lovely and nice and accommodating and, ugh. Yeah. 
So spooky then, places, some cool places. Yeah, the place that we were in in Comox wasn't. It no. was like a converted garage made into an Airbnb. It was still really nice, but not really like the heritage to it. But no AC. That fucking sucked. Yeah. But it was so cool. Our northern asses couldn't handle it. <laughs> no, we were melting. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so do you want to just like dive right into this one? Yeah. Okay. We got we got patrons to thank first. So before we do. And then we'll dive in. Okay. So we're going to thank patrons. So we have Dawson. I'm going to butcher your last name, but I'm going to try. You Zaya, got this. Zaya. Okay. Dawson Zaya. Okay. Lexus Costa. Cato. Cato full. Cato FLL. Zindia Herrera. <laughs> you guys are like, I swear you're putting me to the test. You're like, my name is going to be difficult for him to pronounce because he's terrible at this. So I'm going to sign up for Patreon. I'm pretty sure that's what they do every time. Oh my goodness. Um, we have Janine Wilson and Sarah Joe Larson. Awesome. So thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for uh, joining us over on Patreon. They're going to be uh, able to have access to that, that uh, after show post chat that mm-hmm. we're going to have with this one. And then it's the end of the month soon too, isn't it? It is. So there's going to be an extra case coming up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. we're on to the case. So I do know full disclosure, a little bit about this one. It's very bizarre, but it I'm is. excited to like kind of do a bit of a deeper dive. Cause I don't think I know all the deets. So there's, I mean, there, there's so many details with this one. Um, I had to omit some. Because if I were to be talking about all the details, I would be talking about, for example, police history for like two Mm. whole episodes. Mm -hmm. So we can't be doing that. That's just far too much. So I'm kind of skimming over, talking about the main ones, some top ones sort of thing. Um, But other than that, I definitely do go into some pretty deep depth on this one too as well. So Okay, let's do it. Well, this case is the case of John Paul Lang. So John was a 51-year-old former U.S. Marine. John resided in the beautiful warm city of Fresno, California. He was a hard-working individual and made an honest living working at Payless Brakes and Tires. Okay. Okay. Right on, John. Yeah. Doing his thing. You know, blue-collar job. Yeah. A little respect in his life sort of thing. Getting a little dirty. Just doing his thing. There you go. And I mean, it may not have been the most glamorous job. Like I said, a little bit more blue collar, but he earned an honest living and he was happy. Mm -hmm. So John, unfortunately, had been divorced. He was previously married to a woman by the name of Alma. But as some relationships go, they begin to grow apart and they officially separated in 2011. Okay. So between the two of them, they did have a child together and the child would go on to live in with the mother after the separation. I didn't really go in to figure out if it was a, a daughter or son, a little irrelevant for the story, mm, but they okay. did have a child together. So before their separation though, before the divorce did eventually kick in, John was living his life, minding his own business and would go about his days at work and returning home during 2009 when this all began to start. So he was out doing his thing one particular day when something peculiar caught his eye. Now, perhaps what jo- what happened to John in the coming few years and this day would be the catalyst for his eventual divorce in 2011. Okay. It's Already potential. something that I didn't wasn't really quite aware of. It's potential. Okay. okay. Um, but what did happen was this one day, John was at the grocery store. He was coming out into the parking lot and he noticed something odd with police cruisers in the parking lot. So he actually eventually left the parking lot and he got pulled over outside of the parking lot, a routine traffic stop. And he got a, a citation. Okay. 
And John was a little bit perturbed by this. He's all like, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Weren't you guys just like cruising through the parking lot? Didn't you just follow me out of the parking lot? And how is this a routine traffic stop? Seems right. almost like you're kind of stalking me or something. Like, like this isn't very fair here. So after he got home, he started doing a little bit of online digging. And what he discovered that this situation was that the police cars were, in fact, illegally stalking citizens. The patrol cars were going into parking lots and running the license plates of vehicles that were parked, and they would do so until they found someone with something on their record, say an outstanding parking ticket, an expired license, an arrest warrant, who knows, whatever, right? And then they would target that individual. They would wait for them to leave the parking lot, get back into their vehicle, whatever, right? yeah. And then the police would follow them a few blocks and then pull them over for, you know, a routine traffic stop. Wow. Really? Yeah. And this is, of course, illegal entrapment. Yeah. Yeah, that would be. Because, for example, you're sitting there saying this person has an expired license, okay? But they're not driving yet, but I'm going to sit here and wait. And well, wait for them to drive. You can't, you technically can't be doing that. It's almost like kind of doing the easy route. Like kind of, it's an e- like the easy button for their job kind of, it in is. a way. It is, but it's, it's entrapment is what this mm-hmm. is. So it's highly illegal. Police cannot be doing that. Um, so the police, Fresno, sorry, the Fresno police actually worked on a quota system. The more arrests that they made, the more money they would make in return. Oh, wow. So essentially, they are trying to raise their quota, like you say, an easy button, an easy way to get higher numbers, aka an easy way to have more more income. Mm -hmm. So John, figuring this out, began making posts that he witnessed this. So he began posting on Facebook. I just have to say, though, that's almost a little bit like he's kind of thinks outside the box a little for him to even like realize and notice this and, and take note. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So he was on Facebook telling everyone that he, you know, he did notice this. He's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I figured this out. This is what they're doing. Uh, It's kind of basically a scam that the police are running. And he also took to the Fresno B website. Now the Fresno B is a local newspaper. um, And he was commenting on many of their articles saying, Hey, you know what? This is what I discovered. Fresno, uh, the Fresno police are kind of running this quasi scam. Mm -hmm. You guys should run a story in this, look into it, research it, whatever. Right. Trying to get like the voice out there. Wow. No one, however, took John seriously and his comments and Facebook posts all fell on deaf ears. Really? Okay. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Well, that no one would kind of, I mean, I feel like nowadays lots of times people see stuff like that and just take it and run. And- That's true. But I do want to play devil's advocate here. And I'm going to do it a couple times uh, in this this case, potentially with people not liking my opinions or not even opinions, but devil's advocate here. Okay. okay? Yeah. So bear that in mind. I'm simply playing devil's advocate. Um, with this one, as far as I could find, John had no proof to back up his claims that he was seeing officers stalking people in the parking lots. So I can't really blame anyone for necessarily not taking him seriously. All he's saying is, I saw this. Okay, where's the proof? Right. How do you know this is actually happening? So it could literally, it could almost have just been like a coincidence. It could have been. Maybe there was an officer who on his lunch break was going in and buying a bag of bread because he or bagels for the morning. Right? Yeah. And then John pulls out of the parking lot and two blocks later got pulled over by maybe a similar looking officer. And it was just completely random of sorts. So I'm not saying John is lying. I'm not saying John is wrong. But I'm saying 
John doesn't have evidence to back up his claims. Okay. So it's not like he had at that point seen this prior to or or something. Correct. At this point, he's kind of just pissy that he got a ticket. Potentially. John, yeah. John could be right. This could be exactly what's happening. He just doesn't have the evidence to show anyone else this is factual. Okay. So in the same breath, though, the Fresno Police Department didn't exactly have the greatest reputation. So it's not surprising if they were to do something like this. Mm. Okay. So many actually believe that the Fresno Police Department is one of the most corrupt police departments in the United States. Really? One of the most corrupt. It's been plagued by corruption and police brutality throughout much of its 130-year history. According to federal and state investigators, up to the late 1970s, Fresno police chiefs, so successors mm -hmm. after another, yep. made a habit of connecting and dealing with vice lords, which were a notorious and infamous street gang uh, that was started in the 1950s. So they made connections with these guys and they made dealings with the gang and they were able to make a massive amount of money by turning a blind eye and being a part of the gang operations. Yes, serious. Yes. So much so that these police officers were able to buy huge vineyards, horse ranches, all for their own personal properties. Okay, that is like super fucked. Yes. Wow. I mean, I some people listening and would probably not be super surprised by that, but that's bad. It is very bad. Wow. Um, one chief, for example, would eventually find himself in federal prison for tax evasion. <laughs> Um, in the late 1980s, one officer, uh, Officer Jerry Dyer, had allegations against him of raping a teenage girl while being employed with the department. Okay. That's that's quite the allegation there. I don't know if the allegation was ever gone past a simple allegation mm -hmm. or if there was any proof to back it up. But after the allegation, he was promoted to sergeant shortly after and eventually became chief in 2001. Oh my gosh. So if that's true, that is so disturbing and so disgusting. Yes. Wow. You mean you hear about it, dirty cops, right? That's like basically what this is. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That them being at a higher power and thinking that they're king shit and can do whatever they want. Right. Exactly. So taking bribes, taking money, dealing drugs, of course, taking advantage of individuals. There, there's It seems to be like countless stories of this sort of stuff oh, involved with the Fresno police. That's so sad. Um, there's also police brutality. Uh, over the past decade or so, there have been an ungodly amount of lawsuits filed against the department. Uh, there's been nearly 200 lawsuits filed for excessive force used. Now, almost half of them were dismissed by the judge, too. So maybe the judge is in, in on this too, potentially. Well, there's potential of that, but I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. This is particularly the one where I think people may not like what I have to say. Okay. But bear in mind, it's not necessarily my opinion. It's not necessarily fact. It's just I'm trying to get – I'll explain myself here shortly. Okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate okay. and I'll Go explain it because okay? it'll make better sense that way. So excessive force is not something that's justifiable. We know that. Um. I'm going after the other half here, where the judge, judge sided with the officer saying it was not excessive force. So Fresno crime rate is at 594.4 per 100,000 of the population. And the national average in the U.S. is 395.7 
per 100,000 of the population. Okay, okay, so they actually have more crime there. Yes, so it higher is crime rate. a higher crime rate above the national average in Fresno, California. Um, at times, appropriate force may be needed for a situation, right? We can understand that. Mm -hmm. appropriate, appropriate force. Now, that's a very subjective term, appropriate force. It is, yeah. But appropriate force may be needed for a situation. So appropriate force is easy to judge in hindsight. But in the heat of a moment, an officer may come close to that line of excessive force, right? It may happen. Even I'm assuming here it's not a corrupt officer. Think the, per the perfect police officer, okay? Cookie mm -hmm. cutter, exactly what a citizen would want. Yeah. It could potentially be easy for him to come close to that line in a heated situation. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, their their jobs are are scary at times, too. And yeah. like their lives and stuff are on the line, right? Well, if so, they, have, they have someone coming in, swinging at, yeah. punching him, a weapon of some sort, force is going to be necessary. And that excessive might like not say it's um, right to do so, but it could be reasonable to think that you might get close to that accidentally mm -hmm. in the heat of a moment. Mm -hmm. So we have... Higher crime rates, which means a higher potential for higher numbers of coming close to that excessive force. Okay. Okay. Accidentally. Yep. yep. Um, and we're also going to have a higher number of lawsuits actually being filed. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to basically say is that those ones that the judge dismissed may have very well been situations where the officers used force and was not a corrupt asshole. It may not be a corrupt judge. Maybe it legitimately was simple force was used, a little bit more force had to be used, and it was appropriate. And then we have individuals that are fighting it saying, hey, it was excessive, but it's like, no, it actually really was necessary in the situation. Yeah. So assuming all these excessive force pieces that the judge threw out, Let's assume those were not actually excessive force. I'm going to assume that the judge is not corrupt. Okay. That's what I'm basically trying to say. Well, and I was also, see, my mind went somewhere a little bit differently. It was just basically like, if there's an allegation against a police officer, that's like a really big deal and a big can kind of being open to, yes. right? And so I, I don't know exactly where I'm going here, but like the judge could be, not wanting to like open that can for each one of these. Like they, they have a problem where they have a higher crime rate yeah. and in the heat of the moment or adrenaline or whatever they're, you know, they're, they're having to do things that maybe they could learn from or change in the future. Yeah. But the judge isn't wanting to like go there. You know what, you know yeah. what I mean? Kind of. Well, and I know exactly what you mean. And th there's a reason why a specific reason why I really wanted to, to touch on this. Um, I, I think it's really important to talk about this, especially with conspiracy cases, because conspiracies get out of control. Mm -hmm. Generally, when someone really believes in one side, they will skip over or purposely misinterpret mm. information yeah. from the other side to really paint their picture. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Th there's no allegations even of a judge being corrupt here. Oh, okay. So that's what I want to say. I'm like, don't make that assumption that it's a corrupt corrupt judge he it's a difficult situation difficult town difficult. higher crime rate higher cases going through him like yes you know higher allegations like yeah that we kind of i get what you're you're yeah. totally saying here so i think it's really important to consider the facts basically on an unbiased opinion so that being said the police did some serious <laughs> shitty stuff yes there was still some people in there that were not peer yes one to put it nicely 100 percent. yes um uh, so Back 
off that here, back onto some more shitty stuff that the police officers actually, we know they did. Okay. Um, police officer Brian Ridner was arrested in a sex working sting in June of 2010, where he, quote, will be placed on modified duties pending the outcome of the internal affairs investigation. Okay. So what does that even mean? Like he was caught with a sex worker? No, like he was operating a sex ring. Like he was like pimping people basically for a be- lack of better Shit. Time. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. So it was like a whole online type thing that he had going. Whoa. Um, okay. Former police detective Darren uh, Kumagi pleaded guilty in February of 2015 on charges of accepting a $20,000 bribe from a drug trafficker. Oh my gosh. In I mean, $20,000 waved in front of your, <laughs> your is a, it would be hard to turn down, but there is an ethics there. There's Nicole an ethics thing. Nicole would be corrupt as fuck. <laughs> Hey, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying twenty thousand is a lot of money. But you, you just outed yourself. You got you got to consider the ethics. So no. Yes. <laughs> nice save. Nice save. <laughs> the ethics. <laughs> um, no, that, that's definitely a bad thing. You don't accept bribes. No, no bribes. Um, in March of 2015, Deputy Chief Keith Keith Foster peddled heroin and marijuana. Uh, He was sentenced in 2017 to 48 months in prison. October 2015, Officer William Wyatt received probation over prison time for raping a woman who was unconscious. Whoa. The list goes on. Um, As I mentioned, I admitted a lot of this because there is far too many to talk about. Um, And well, a lot of those are quite bad too. Yes. And the fact that like... It, I don't know. The one you mentioned was like 48 months. That's not very long. No, it's not. I feel like they should almost get – well, I don't know if I should say that. I was almost thinking they should get longer sentences almost. Because they're, they're an officer. Well, yeah, because they are the ones – like they should be held at a higher standard almost. Yeah, they're supposed to be upholding the law. Yeah. So, so geez. Um, so, yeah. It's kind they of a problem. Yeah. This is a problem there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, in short, the Fresno, the Fresno police officers are absolutely so corrupt, um, but that like they're like one percent less corrupt because of that argument I made earlier. Okay. The judge maybe not have necessarily being corrupt. Um, I don't. It, it's such a small portion, but it's. I just feel like it's it's important to still talk about those one percent pieces. Uh huh. Well, I mean, there. Yeah, there. I'm sure there was some police officers in that force that were amazing. Oh, definitely. So yeah. Uh, so moving forward, as you guys continue to listen to this, I do want you to kind of keep an eye open or an ear open and really pay attention to not trying to be biased on certain mm. things because that is really important in this case. Okay. Um, so John was certain he found them doing, of course, more shady stuff, mm-hmm. the whole license plate running little scam they had going on, but no one believed him. This, however, is where the story really takes a bit of an odd turn. Since he had basically blown the whistle online about the police, allegedly, potentially, with their operation, he found himself he found himself being targeted by the Fresno police force. Okay. So what he'd do is both to basically offer proof and to watch his own back, John would install security cameras around his property. And over the course of a total of almost seven years, John was able to accumulate footage of the alleged police harassments. Okay. They would, as to quote him, harass and intimidate him. Oh my goodness. That's so, scary. It is. Yeah. I can't imagine 
having that situation. And I, I, I understand there's so many people in the world today who feel very much so like John. Yeah. They don't have the police to turn to. And that is such a scary thought. Well, yeah, because then it's like, well, who else do you have to turn to? Right. Right. It's oh. terrifying. Oh, yeah. And so this is what happens if you are dealing with corrupt individuals in a, a authority figure, mm-hmm. police force sort of position. Yeah. Or you'd kind of have a lack of trust or something there. Yeah. Yep. So John basically decided to take this all online, right? Trying to blow the whistle on Facebook where he could. And what he would do is he would create a YouTube channel for himself called Lang Marine. And the YouTube channel is still up today. Um, And this is where he would upload a total of 17 videos from his home security footage. The first video he posted was from January 13th in 2014, where it shows a silver or kind of a white pickup truck. Some people say white, some say silver. I'm pretty sure it's silver, but anyways, um, it drives by his house and like slows down and then kind of picks up and drives away again. And then moments later, it returns again to drive by. It doesn't slow down this time, but it does drive by a second time. So John would write and believe that this is an unmarked police vehicle. And he'd actually seen this vehicle follow him around town many times. Hmm. He also received a phone call shortly after the drive-by. And as soon as he answered the phone, the person on the other end, click, hung up. Okay. That's a bit alarming. A little odd, for sure. Okay. I didn't mean, I should probably save this until later, but I'm just going to throw one tiny little tidbit out. Go for it. So don't forget. Is basically... It kind of also seems like the police department had friends in scary places too. So that when I think when I what initially popped in my head is it was like it could be, you know, like the they had like drug trafficking relationships or whatever, and it was like them just like trying to scare this guy that was like going off online kind of thing. That entire time you were talking, Garth Brooks was playing in my head. <laughs> Why? I've got friends in <laughs> low places. Okay, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I definitely agree. There is a very high potential of it. Yeah, not necessarily being um, the officers, but yeah. maybe being their, their friends in low yeah. places. Yeah, so right? that's what I what kind of thought when I heard like this truck going by sort of thing. So yeah. But let's see what else happens here. Well, each one of his uploaded videos does contain a lengthy written explanation in the description. Oh, okay. Basically in what John believes is going on in the clip. Um, he's got 17 videos, so I'm not going to sit here and describe to you each and every one of his videos. Right. Um, but basically some clips show police vehicles driving by others show suspicious unmarked vehicles driving by. Um, some are more than just drive-bys really. There are clips of police making arrests outside his house. Um, there's videos of individuals attempting to break into his property. Oh, wow. And alleged gaps in his security footage where he claims the cameras were tampered with or hacked. Eek. Okay, that's – I don't like that. Yeah. There are all allegedly, as far as John is concerned, coming from the Fresno police. Okay? So he's very convinced. He's very convinced. Yeah. Now, many people who heard John's story at this time played him off as paranoid or even potentially schizophrenic. But one video that John captured may, may very well be so convincing that it may be able, even able to change the mind of someone who's super skeptical. Okay. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So this video in particular, the caption begins by saying this. This is quoted right off his YouTube channel, his writing. This is the same Fresno, California sheriff crew that has been illegally entering my property and home when I leave my house. Here they are using an infrared thermal imager to see if I am home. They then phone a waiting second party with information as to whether or not I am home. Fresno Police Department fails to fully investigate my complaint on this incident, which I fully detailed in my Fresno Police Department internal affairs complaint. If anyone can identify any of the Fresno, Pol Fresno Sheriff personnel in this video, please forward their names. So the video was taken on April 15th, 2015. And again, his channel is up. The video is there. You can watch it. I'll put it in the description below. And it shows a black van on the street on the other side of John's house. The side door of the van is slid open and you can see a man holding an elaborate camera rig pointed directly at John's house. This is no question that it's a camera rig. This is plain as day. So after a few moments, the man shuts the door of the van, talks to someone in the front driver's seat who is clearly also talking to someone on the cell phone. And then they simply drive away. Oh, man. The van or men inside the van have never been identified. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, especially if that's happened. Okay. I feel like I would notice that. Be a bit alarmed for sure. <laughs> but if that, if that was really the only thing, it, you kind of probably, you know, you'd make up, oh, it's, it's this happened. It was because of this, right? You always make up different scenarios in your head yeah. or make yeah. it seem okay. But if there was a bunch of other things already happening, and then that happens, yeah, shit. Right? Like shit. I mean, it, like shit for sure. It's sketchy as fuck. Um, I do want to say one thing though for sure because I, I know quite a bit about cameras and so do you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm almost positive this is not an infrared camera. Like I am like 99.99999% sure it's not an infrared camera. It does appear to be like a DSLR of some sort. So like a digital, like a Canon or a Nikon camera, a high-end one, don't get me wrong. Um, but it does seem to have like a kind of a lower end cinema lens and it's all on a, a gimbal. So like a two handed gimbal. So okay. it's nice and steady, easy footage. And they're not filming the neighbors and stuff. It's just literally his house. It's pointed directly at his house and that's it. Yeah. Like how can you justify that? I guess. Yeah. Cause I mean, if it was kind of this van was driving and, and getting his neighbors too, then, then you could justify it. But just his house solely is kind of odd. Well, there was a comment, and I, I didn't copy copy it off Reddit, but I did find this one individual talking about it. It's not a foolproof idea, but it's not a bad potential explanation. Um, they said, well, he's been contacting news sources, right? What if it is a local news source who is maybe getting clips of his house or something to report the story? I mean, we just don't know. Yeah. But no one's come forward to say it's them. 
Well, yeah, because even if he has this YouTube channel and people are kind of aware of his allegations and stuff, there are people out there that just like to fuck with other people, too. Yeah. And they true. and they if they found out his address, they could just like be doing shit to like scare him more. Not just anyone has this camera gear, though, especially we're looking at 2016. Oh, I mean, okay. nowadays, I a little guess. more popular. Yeah. But even still, even five years ago. No. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did just want to mention, though, because I, I'm pretty sure this isn't infrared. I'm like 99.9% sure. John did say it's infrared, which to me says John is jumping to conclusions in this incident. Oh, okay. He's making assumptions. Because he thinks it's lit, It's there to check to see if he's home. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. what if what if it's um, a real estate agent who's maybe making a video for houses in the neighborhood and they just like the architecture in his house? And he went into the this real estate agent's video. Yeah. I mean, I've honestly taken photos of, of people's houses and stuff before because I'm like, oh, I like the design of that. Yeah. And if they see you doing that, they'd probably be like, what the fuck? Yeah. But <laughs> in, in this defense, this was like a, a crew. There was like three yeah. people in this band. That's a bit more than just some chick walking by with a camera phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I He's... To me, kind of jumping to a conclusions potentially in, in a little bit of at least this video and potentially more. But he's also scared at this point too. Oh, yes. Thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, so the sum of his content posted, uh, it seems to be that the police were not only stalking and, t- and intimidating him, but also trying to set him up to be arrested on charges. So he alleged in one of his online posts that he believed the police had entered his home while he was away one day and copied his hard drives. His theory was that they were potentially wanting to set him up on child pornography charges to get him arrested. Okay. Did he have that? No, but that that's what he's sitting here saying. He's like, they're probably trying to do this. He's like, so if you see me like, if this is going to come down here soon, I bet you this is what could be what's happening. He's not, oh. he's not outing himself saying I'm like, I've got child. Or porn. almost planting something just to get, okay. He's trying to stay one step ahead of the cops. Hmm. He's basically got like, I've got a copy of my hard drives. They now have a copy and they're planting shit in my hard drives. And when they arrest me, they're going to say these are my hard drives. To say that the police entered his home without, you know, a warrant or anything is quite. That's a heavy allegation. Yeah, that really is. Yeah. And I do want to say that, like, John wasn't certain on, like, saying, oh, they're definitely trying to get me arrested on on child pornography charges. He's just saying, like, it's probably going to be something like this. They might be trying to get another way. There was another one. Um where he saw a garbage truck drive by and his wife had just recently been, uh, had her ex-wife now by yeah. this time had had a, her purse stolen. And so he's like, well, maybe check neighbor's garbage cans and stuff like this. Right. Uh, Cause maybe like someone stole it out of your car and like dumped it and stole cash and dumped it in a garbage can down the house. Right. Yeah. And so he's thinking his phones, all that sort of stuff is tapped. Now this garbage truck is driving by, which by the way, did have police officers not far behind it drive in front of his house. He was thinking that what they were going to do was plant the purse in his garbage can with this garbage truck and the police were going to come up and then catch him on that. But he didn't have his garbage can out that day. Not yet. And he missed it. Oh my God. So he's coming up with these different theories on potential things that they might be trying to do. Okay. That, that, okay. I can kind of understand that one a little bit, but it also seems like it's kind of like, an overactive imagination too, potentially. Yes, definitely. I agree. He He's really reaching for a lot here. Mm-hmm. And many people believe the same sort of thing. Many are like, he's 
like something's going on, maybe mental health, potential schizophrenic, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. a severe paranoia, something's going on. Like this stuff isn't happening, buddy, is basically their attitude. So one day though, John's Facebook post became much darker than anything he had posted before. John knew that if the police were unable to set him up for a false arrest and get him on some charges or whatever, there would only be one other way to silence him. So on January 14th, 2016, he said this in a Facebook post. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. If anything happens to me in the next day or two, it will be the result of the Fresno Police Department, my neighbor, and an employee at my Payless Brakes and Tires on Blackstone. Basically saying something's going to happen. These are the people responsible. So he, wow. had, he, he believed other people were corroborating and helping the police with information on him and gaining access and stuff. Okay, sorry. Is he saying – I just need to clarify something. That his neighbors and his employer are also in on this? Well, he said my neighbor and an employee at my job. Okay, okay. So specific individuals. Right, okay. The next day on the 15th, he reached out to a reporter named Corin Hogard from Action News. And on Facebook, he said this. Corin, you want some news? Corrupt Fresno cops are going to try and kill me this weekend, possibly tonight. This is no joke. Please follow up on my story regardless of what happens or what version the cops and the Fresno B come up with. Please check out jodymurray.com and my YouTube site. Thank you. Oh my so gosh. I want to brush up on who Jody Murray is. Jody Murray is from the Fresno Bee, the police, uh, sorry, the newspaper. Okay. Um, he was an individual who worked there and John believed was responsible for supplying his IP address and many other people as well who would comment and because under, oh, under pseudonyms, right? Okay. So when he originally approached the Fresno Bee, he's like, hey, you know, this is what's happening with the little scam they're running. He believed this individual was the one responsible for telling the police department who he was via his IP address, and then they rerouted and started harassing him that way. Hmm. I wonder why he thought that. Like, there had to have been a reason, you know? So, that's interesting. Yeah. On the 16th, he posted his last YouTube video. It shows a white van parked in front of his neighbor's house, just right beside him. The van has a business name across the side, Guarantee Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning. A man can be seen standing next to the van and glancing towards John's house a few times before shoving a flyer in the neighbor's mailbox and driving away. Okay. I look around a lot oddly, though. So I'm just saying, like, me, if someone were to watch me, they'd probably think I'm up to no good sometimes. That's true. <laughs> and, I mean, there is, like, a phone number and a whole business thing on this. And people have tried to dive into this business. Um, apparently, it was absolved shortly after this case occurred. Um, the website seemed very like sketchy, like very little information on it. Like it didn't exist. Almost. Some people have said it is a legit business, maybe just not a very well put together one or something. Others are saying no, like not really. Well, did they not give John a flyer too? Do they just literally give it to the neighbor and that's it? Just the neighbor. Oh, okay. That's really weird. That's weird. Just one neighbor too. That's a bit odd. Yeah. So John posted that security footage with that guy in that van on his YouTube video. That was his last one posted. And it went along with this caption. If I turn up missing or dead tomorrow, remember this van. I think I seen a couple guys sneak in the side door and into the building where it was parked in the carport this afternoon. I've been causing the city of Fresno a lot of problems recently, which I now regret. Sign on the door said guarantee carpet cleaning Fresno. 
Oh my gosh. He should almost leave. If he literally thinks that like he's about to die here, he needs to like go on a little vacation and get the shit yeah. out of there. Uh, well, he did kind of reach out for help a little bit. Like he's at, he's saying this sort of stuff online, right? Right. And he also posted and asked for some help from friends and family on Facebook. Um, he posted and said, anyone want to crash at my pad tonight? Must be a legal gun owner. I think the bad guys might come and get me tonight. Oh my gosh. And then someone responded on that post saying WTF. And he went and uh, commented back, totally serious. Any serious patriots out there? I've seen a couple of guys sneak into the vacant building next to me. I've been under some threats recently because of my activism lately. Okay. He's so scared. He is. But he pro- maybe he doesn't, he literally doesn't have anywhere else to go. It's possible. Well, four days after that post, on January 20th, John was found dead in his home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He basically predicted his own death. He really, really did. Yep. Wow. So on January 20th, 2016, Fresno Fire Department responded to a fire at 648 North Van Ness Avenue in Fresno, which is John's house. After having to force their way inside due to John securing the home very well, because he, he was scared shitless. Exactly. Yeah. Firefighters found John laying on the floor in the kitchen of his home. John did not burn to death. However, he did have multiple stab wounds. There were medical personnel who did attempt to attempt medical attention on John, um, but he was eventually pronounced dead a short time later at the Fresno Community Regional Medical Center. So he was locked in his house with stab wounds. Correct. That was on fire. Okay. That's a lot to kind of just like process. It is. Like a lot. It really is. Okay. I need to hear a bit more yeah. about these stab wounds. Soak all that up. Soak all okay, that up. Okay. I'm trying to here. So Lieutenant Joe Gomez um, of the, the police department's public information um, would speak publicly about the incident and told the press that John had been stabbed multiple times in the abdomen and back. And that his house was set on fire. It seems like John had been attacked and, of course, murdered, mm-hmm. which is where all of our minds are going. Yeah. Uh, but not only that, he, of course, predicted his own death. He saw this coming. Yeah, he really did. Like, there is a lot to look back on there to, yep. to see that. The next piece, though, is really interesting. The story was released to the public and then it suddenly changed. So Tony Bodie was a spokesperson for the Fresno County Sheriff and coroner. He said John had three superficial self-inflicted stab wounds to the chest and no cuts on his back, despite what was initially reported to, by law enforcement. Oh, wow. Okay. So that really changed because before wasn't it like the abdomen and the back? And, Correct. And now there's superficial. Three superficial ones to his chest. But like if he was trying to kill himself, what, what would be the point of him doing that? Yeah. Like three superficial stab wounds to his chest. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, everyone was literally confused, just like you are. You're staring at me with a blank stare right now. You're like, what the fuck, Ben? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's the same stare everyone had when they were watching this on TV and looking at their phones. Like, what the fuck, Fresno? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they're basically, why was it reported that he he had stab wounds on his chest and his back? And all of a sudden now it's changed to three superficial wounds on his chest. It's not really something you can just take away. 100%. 
So Lieutenant Burke Farah, who's the head of the homicide unit, said that it was incorrect information that was released at the scene by Lieutenant Joe Gomez. And he basically just made a mistake. Oh. That's a pretty significant mistake to make. Yeah. Is that did that lieutenant get fired because he probably apparently not. said the wrong thing, though? Like he probably is getting some heat because he didn't cover up something that he was supposed to cover up potentially. Yeah, but they changed it. It's fine. <laughs> well, on May 16th, which was four months later, the coroner's report would be released. And I do have the full coroner's report available. Okay. So I, that's going to be in the show notes. I also feel like a private autopsy of sorts maybe needed to be done. Potential. Um, but the report stated manner of death, suicide, cause of death. Inhalation of smoke and soot due to fire with multiple stab wounds as a contributing factor. So when John's body was brought in, police also brought in two kitchen knives with John. One was a bread knife, so a serrated bread knife, and the other was a Japanese-style kitchen knife. So the report said that it was possible John used the bread knife to stab himself. However, however, the other knife was inconsistent with the size of the third stab wound in his chest. What's interesting in this report is that it does not make any mention of the stab wounds to the back, but it does, however, detail the stab wounds to the chest, which penetrate through the sternum and one even making contact with a ventricle of his heart. Oh, my gosh. So those aren't really superficial, is that? No. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine doing that to yourself? With a serrated bread knife. Holy shit. Because, I mean, if he was suicidal, I feel like. Um, I, I don't know that he might've done it a different way than that. Yeah, you would potentially think, I can't imagine Gosh. anyone even trying to consider potential mental health situations. I can't fathom someone being able to do that with a serrated bread knife that has a blunt tip usually and yeah. breaking through their sternum into their heart. Cause that's like, that would be like a lot of force oh you bet but i mean sometimes like the sometimes mental health illnesses do make you like do almost i can't think of the word um like superhuman sort of there you go yeah no i totally gotcha but i i just i i don't see a way i don't see that being able to happen because he would have had to have light the fire first he would have lit the fire and then stabbed himself mm-hmm. and then succumbed to the asphyxiation from the fire. Right. So he would have been in a rush, probably adrenaline. You're right. But I I think it would have taken like some serious thought. Your first attempt's probably going to fail, guaranteed fail. But there was no such failure oh, attempt found. Well, yeah, and then too, like if you did a first attempt, though, you might be like, "What the what the fuck am I doing here?" And you know, kind of wake up and realize, "Oh my gosh, yeah. like I want to live." So to me, they either did not get the the correct knife or weapon mm-hmm. or how he did it, or something is super fishy. And if he did it himself, though, it would be very much so obvious what the correct weapon would be. Yeah, because it would be right there. Right. Yeah, so that wouldn't be something you'd mess up. Correct. Um, so of course his death was ruled a suicide, meaning John Mm. did this to himself. The knife is now identified as this bread knife. He apparently stabbed himself in the chest three times with it, um, hard enough to break through 
his sternum and reet one mm. reached towards his heart. My gosh. Um, the report also mentioned John had cameras inside his home. And on the day of his death, the report claimed John walked in front of the cameras twice with a knife and in his hand, sorry, knife in his hand um, before shutting the cameras off. But no such footage has ever been released. Really? Correct. So no such footage has ever been shown of John walking in front of an, a camera twice with a knife before shutting off the footage. Because you don't think that he would shut it off himself. Correct. Which actually, now that I think about it, I do have the crime scene photos for this as well. And I do recall them showing the cameras, every single camera on his house. I wonder if they do show any camera inside his home. I never even thought to look at that until just now. Oh, Okay. Okay, we're going to look that up in the post show. We're going to look that up in the post show for show. Post show. Post. Ben's is like, now he's, you've already gone down a rabbit hole, but you're continuing to go down. Oh, hey? you know it. Um, so, so many people call bullshit in this whole coroner's report and the story and what actually happened. Um, basically, the manner of the death is just like, what the fuck? No way. Um, no one really realized that it was potentially true. Uh, John was just paranoid, but he did potentially predict his own murder. Yeah. So maybe he was actually onto something. Oh, I, yeah. This okay. This is just such a bizarre story. It really is. Because it's also just like okay, yeah. He he could have predicted his own murder, or was this all just like some sort of crazy ass story that he went about doing, and then did mur and then did commit suicide potentially? Because maybe he was trying to frame the police. There is a Gosh. potential of that. Maybe he was struggling with mental illness to such a degree that he did this to try and bring down the police saying, if I frame them, then maybe I can get some shit going on. Mm -hmm. There is a potential of that. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. So after John's suicide or potential murder or whichever one you potentially think, um, it caused, of course, a lot of outrage among his now social media followers and everything. However, Media outlets barely touched the story at all. Really? Really. I thought the media would be literally all over this. Nope. Hardly touched it at all. What the fuck? And his online diary that he kept, basically kind of like a like a blog sort of mm -hmm. thing, um, where he documented many of the incidents and stuff, was immediately taken down after his death as well. And who took that down then? I don't know. Whoa. And I, I mean, mean, well, like that could that could probably have been the police of sorts that took that down. It also could have been the fire. That took it down? Yeah. Maybe he stored it all on a hard drive in his home and, and the fire it got damaged. I guess. But if it was like literally online, you wouldn't think once it's online, it's online. Maybe it was not online. It was stored in like a hard drive. And then when you go to this website, it accesses the hard drive. Maybe. Maybe he didn't actually store it on the internet. Well, okay. So there is potential of that. That might explain it. <laughs> You're really looking at all angles here and playing devil's advocate, eh? I think it's important to do that with it conspiracies. Is. No, really, it is. Really yep. Um, where, where did I find myself here? Oh, right. Um, one thing that is really interesting is the group Anonymous, you know, the, the activist mm -hmm. group. Yeah. Um, they publicly targeted Fresno police uh, and representatives uh, with this. Really? Yeah. Basically saying that like, Shit's going to go down. And I'm, I'm going to play you guys the video because the video just does still exist. So I'm going to play you what they said directly to the Fresno police and uh, city representatives. Oh, okay. Okay. So here we go. Hello and welcome brothers and sisters of the world. Today we have a very important message. 
one of our deceased brothers, John Lang. It has come to the attention of the collective that the murder of our brother has gone without a whisper from the Fresno media. John Lang was an activist doing what most of us have set out to do, expose corruption, bring lies to the surface for all to see, stand up for people who have not yet learned to stand up for themselves. He was exposing the Fresno Police Department for running a ticketing scam, scanning parked civilian vehicles in parking areas and using the gathered information to pull the vehicle over shortly after departing. He repeatedly reported this find to the local media, the Fresno Bee. An employee named Jody Murray from the site gave the Fresno police his IP address and information. That is when the harassment began that eventually led to our brother's death. Jody Murray of the Fresno Bee claims he gave John's information away because he was mentally ill. An overused tactic used by most mainstream media outlets, attack one's character and people will no longer care. You were wrong. If you look into the alternate media reports of John Lang you can see and judge for yourself and in fact, I encourage Al to do so. This is a call to action brothers and sisters. We cannot let this go without further investigation. Since the people John Lang reached out to investigate this have failed to launch one, including the FBI who he also reached out to for help, then we will. This is a call for Operation Fresno and Operation John Lang. To kick off the operation the Fresno City website got taken down today. Consider this a taste of what is to come. John Lang will have justice. To Jody Murray and the city of Fresno. We are anonymous. We are a legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. Wow. Yeah. They took down the city's website. You betcha. Well, I mean, they usually mean like business. They do. And I like I don't know a lot about them. I don't think anyone does. I think that's why they're called anonymous. Touche. <laughs> but they generally seem like they, for them to go and do something like that, that like there's some backing behind it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There, there's usually a reason. Yeah. So. Like they've, like they've done their, re- their research in a sense. Yeah. And they really do believe this. Yes. So. So that's that that holds some weight. Yeah. Um, there is another little strange tidbit here I want to mention. Um, and it could be potentially, again, John being paranoid. Many people act this way um, for their own reasons. Um, but strangely enough, John does not have a single picture of himself on the internet. Not one. We do not know what John looks like. Really? Correct. We have no idea. Nope. I mean, we have descriptions from his his. Uh, coronary report his autopsy um and there are technically two photos that do exist one person from uh, reddit who claims to have gone to high school with john and has this old blurry kind of photo from a high school well you book. think someone out there does it he's not have loved ones would have photos of him well potentially but not online there's nothing online no huh. confirmed photos of john exist online does john exist there is his driver's license in the coroner's report again Okay. However, it's a photocopy and it looks absolutely terrible. You can barely see what he looks like at all. Wow. Like barely. So mm. it could be like a male and that is basically what that right. photo looks like. Hey, that's a dude, I think maybe. I don't know. But there could be a lot of people out there. Like say if they didn't, they haven't had a job where they have had to have their photo out on like the website, on the like company's website, or they haven't done any sort of social media things. Like it. 
it might not be super rare that they wouldn't have a photo out there. Yeah. And some people decide, you know, I'm just going to take photos offline or something. Yeah. That's potential. Um, so this is the end of John's story. His death was officially ruled a suicide. Um, and it's believed that he both stabbed himself three times in the chest with a serrated bread knife and set fire to his own home. Little to no evidence has been brought forward to show that this is what was done on his own. Um, and little to no evidence has been offered to disprove anything about his claims either. So whether it's true what John says or true what the police say, mm -hmm. we really don't know because no evidence has really been brought forward either way. It's almost kind of they're hoping it just gets swept under the rug. Yeah. But the fact that the media has not really said anything, like the Fresno media, is really bizarre. It is. It's because wild. Because this is a, that's a big story. Especially if it is a corrupt police force, right? Yeah, but it's, I mean, unless the police are just... Wrapped up in it, paying them off, not letting them do it. Yeah. Right? It has to be something like that, because why would they not be sharing this story? Yeah. Uh, so, so many people believe that John was, of course, attacked, murdered by the police. Um, but then many believe that it was paranoia, bad yeah. mental health, and he did take his own life. It's hard to say one way for another for sure, but... I mean, whichever side you do land on, I, it's kind of hard to refute much of the things John was able to do, mm -hmm. like predict his own death. <laughs> Jeez. But then the other question is why? Yeah. You know, why would they have really? But we can talk, chat about that more in our Patreon post show. Yeah. Our post show over on Patreon. If you want to join <laughs> in the description below, there's a link there. If you don't want to do it, that's totally cool. And you could be here with us. Just like you are right now. You just turned into an announcer? Or Ladies what? and gentlemen, welcome to Wicked and Grim. Wow. I need another drink. Don't quit your day job. Already did. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now, motherfucker. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll we'll switch over to some wine and, and chat a little bit yeah. more about this. Um, but in all seriousness, though... Um, if you do want to join us on Patreon, link is down below. If not, we do appreciate you being yes. here, especially if you listened right to the end. That means a lot to us. So thank you so much. If you want to give the show a rating, that really helps us out. We appreciate five stars, but go ahead and, and do your honesty. That is cool too. Other links are down there. Social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. Um, we're going to go talk on Patreon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, if you're going to be there, that'll be awesome. Um, one way or another, though, we will see you later or listen to you later or hear you later or talk to you. Later. We'll connect soon. Next week. And there's always then, next week. Yeah. And until then. Stay wicked. Do, 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 do. Oh, I was going to do that. Do. Oh, that's OK. Next time. OK. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.